Zoloft. I started taking Zoloft last week and it hasn't fully kicked in yet. It takes a couple weeks to kick in, but I noticed, um, I've noticed slight changes to the way that my brain functions. For example, um, um, usually if there's people talking, there's more than one person talking in the room. I can't, I can't deal with it. It sounds like it sounds like a crowd of people at a concert talking. And um, that's just something that I've had a real hard time dealing with. Like if, if too many people are talking around me, it's like I leave, I vacate, I get the fuck out of Dodge. I can't do it. Um, and you guys, a lot of you who listen to this podcast know me. You know me personally. You know I don't take medications. I don't take Advil. I don't take Tylenol. I don't take shit. I might take antibiotics. Um, if I need them or, uh, allergy medications, that's it to get me on something for anxiety and for panic disorder. That was difficult. I had a panic attack back in 2000 and I want to say the beginning of 2013, maybe it was 2012, but I had a panic, full blown panic attack started at work. I threw up in the parking lot a couple times drove myself to the doctor which was miles away i don't remember the trip i don't remember driving to the hospital i just remember leaving work and arriving at the hospital i don't remember anything in between the panic attack if you have them you know that they're short-lived but you can have them back to back to back to back to back so i this was going on for probably by the time i got to the hospital it was probably a good 30 minutes and then I was in the doctor's office for another, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes. And the whole time just panicking, just freaking the fuck out. Doctor was trying to get me to take Ativan, which is weak sauce compared to other medications. No, nope, I'm not taking it. Finally, I was like, I can't do this shit. Just give me one. So he gave me an Ativan. I went to my mom's house. I got a ride to my mom's house, relaxed, went back and got my car and went home after a few hours. And I didn't like it because it made me feel different than what I'm used to. So I'm used to shit just being chaotic. I'm used to um, not being able to relax. This is my whole adult, adult life. I have not relaxed basically probably since my late teens. I just haven't relaxed. I don't know what it's like to relax. So I told my therapist... Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, there is a slight difference. I notice it. I'm more chill. I'm more relaxed. I don't know if that's normal because I don't know what normal feels like. So she's like, that sounds like you're going a little bit back to normal. You're, you're headed that way. 
and I'm like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. Once I get to that point, once I get to what normal looks like, I don't even know if I'm there because I don't know what that looks like. So I want to take you back to, um, and tell you a quick story about my, my, my good friend, Tyrone Kemp, who passed away in 1996. This is 27 years ago on March 1st. It'll be 27 years. Um, I met him when I was probably, I want to say I was 11. I think it was 93, 93, 94. And I met him playing a basketball game. I was, I was at the twins house down the street from my house playing basketball with this new kid, Tyrone. He was from Tyler, Texas. And then we're in San Jose, California, right? So we had very different upbringings, very different culture, but we were automatically drawn toward each other. And uh, the first, the first time I met him, I remember we were playing basketball. He was he was doing some traveling, some double dribbling and shit. I called him out on it. This kid pushed me into a tree and smacked me up a little bit. And from then on, we were like brothers. Um, my brother had a talk with him. He heard about what happened or whatever. My older brother had a little chat with him. And from then on, we were like brothers. We, 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 um, around the neighborhood, we did everything together. He was a year younger than me. We did everything together. We were rollerblading together. Me and my brother taught him how to play baseball. Uh, he liked football. He was a Dallas Cowboys fan, obviously, being from Texas. Um, he was a Dallas Cowboys fan. And, uh, we taught him how to play baseball. He started playing Little League. We got him into, uh, we were trying to get him, we were trying to steer him in a different direction because he he had a he had a rough upbringing from what I remember him telling me. His mom was in jail, his dad was in jail. That's how he ended up in San Jose with his grandmother and his, uh, his younger brother and sister. So we became friends instantly. It was like, more like brothers. We fought, we argued. We argued a lot about dumb shit, but we, we always went back to where we were before that. It wasn't a long friendship, only a couple years. But I could tell you everything about this kid. There are secrets that I know about him that he never told anybody. He's like, if you ever tell him, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> and yes, we did talk like this when we were 11, 12 years old. We did talk like this, 10, 11, 12, for sure. The first time I ever smoked marijuana, I was with Tyrone. Um, um, he got the twins drunk he gave them vodka one night at a party at a house party he was probably 11 or 12 he was already living like that so when I look back it's like as an adult and as a father to uh, to three kids and one who is going to be the same age that Tyrone was when he died he was 13 now that I look back at it as an adult and a father it's really fucked up it's really fucked up. But this is a situation. This is a person that I think about all the time for the past 27 years, constantly. I had dreams about him for eight, nine straight years. Not every night, but damn near every night I would have a dream about this kid. <clears throat> and uh, when he passed away, it was one month, exactly one month of the day before I turned 14. Changed my life. Um, my parents 
weren't expecting that kind of shit to happen in my life. I don't think. And this is not the, this is the first one, but it wasn't the last. I know a lot of people who passed away before I turned 18, 19. I had known quite a few people who left. And, um, ever since then, quite a few more drugs, car accidents, um, murder, all kinds of shit. This was the first, the, the, the one that, uh, the one that fucked me up for sure. I wasn't ready for it. My parents weren't ready for it. And I remember thinking for the longest time, um, that nobody cared. Nobody gave a fuck about how I felt about the whole situation. It was just, it was something that was really hard to deal with. My dad told me to get over it once. And that, that fucking destroyed me. It destroyed me. Because how do you get over it? You know what I mean? I didn't understand, I didn't understand the difference back then between getting over it and getting through it. Getting over it would require some kind of help. I would think as a 13, 14 year old kid. Um, but now is that, that I'm an adult, I realize a lot of parents aren't equipped to deal with that kind of situation. I am because I've been through it. So luckily and unluckily for my children, I'm prepared for that kind of thing to happen in their lives. And it's sad that I have to say that, but I am. And that's something that I never dealt with. It's something that I, because I was told that one time to get over it. And there were friends that I had who were also his friends who uh, we were dealing with the same shit at the same time. So we didn't know how to help each other. So we just didn't have anybody to really help guide us through that situation who had been through it, who had experienced it at that age. So that's something I never dealt with. Now I'm already genetically predisposed to panic disorder because my mother has it or had it. My brother has it. I have it. So did that exacerbate the situation? Probably. Probably. <clears throat> and now I'm starting to address it. I'm starting to look at it from an adult's point of view, a father's point of view. And I've come to the realization that Tyrone was a victim of many things a victim of circumstance, a victim of his own shit. He did things that led up to his demise. He died in a car accident, by the way, but there was there was there were things that led up to his death that could have been prevented. Things that he was doing, from what I understand, things that he was doing wrong that led to that situation. And I'm not gonna dive into that. Nobody um I I, I don't think I know the whole story yet. I know part of it. I know what I was told. I don't know the whole story, so I don't want to dive into it. I don't want to be wrong about anything, but um, looking back at it, now I'm starting to come to grips with it, and I'm starting to see that um, he's a victim of, of many different circumstances that, that just led to that, and... I still mourn his loss and I still celebrate his existence. I celebrate his life. I celebrate knowing him because he had a tremendous impact on my life in such a short amount of time. He got me into music. 
So when people look at me and they're like the white boy who raps, it's, I wasn't brought into this really by choice. It was something that he introduced me to. It was, it was him who introduced me to writing lyrics and banging on the desk at school and doing all that shit. So I kept on in his memory. That's why I started writing rap. I was writing it for him. I was, I was using it to get out of the slump that I was in. I was writing how I felt. So that's why if you ever see somebody say <clears throat> something about me making music, making rap music, I will argue, I will fight you over this shit because he brought me to that. And his death kept me going in that direction. So I don't want to get too much into that. I just, I said all that to say <clears throat> that if you're going through it and there's a lot of people in the United States and all over the world who are going through it, this, losing loved ones, friends, family, siblings, children, there were a lot of us affected by this situation. I know that. I'm not the only one. There were good things that came out of it and very bad things that came out of it, but something that I never addressed until recently. So again, I say all that to say that if you're going through that, if you're dealing with something like that, you have to get through it. I'll never tell anybody to get over it because that's not good advice. <laughs> it's not the best advice that you could get, but you have to get through it. So reaching out to a therapist to talk about it, reaching out to somebody who, who has been through it, who understands what you're feeling, dealing with yourself, writing, getting your feelings out however you can. Do not sit on that shit. This, this is men's mental health. Men's mental health. We're told to get over it. We're told that we have to put on a strong face and this fucking facade and we got to show strength and never show weakness. Don't cry because they'll eat you alive. Fuck that. You have to address it or you're going to end up like me right here talking about how I had to deal with all of this for so many years. 27 years my first panic attack that I remember I was probably 19 that I remember um, and I never got help I never talked to anybody about it I just swallowed it and I kept trucking and I used it to fuel music I used it to fuel comedy and talking to people and telling jokes and and um I used it as a, as a uh, as a kind of a strength. I used it to build um, thicker skin. And while that's all well and good, you can't. This is where we all go wrong because you, you at the end of the day you might have thick skin, but you're sitting on all this grief and sadness and 
feeling alone and not being able to conquer the panic, the anxiety, the depression, all the shit that comes with it because you don't talk about it. And like I said, I've lost a few people since then. Quite a few people. I could probably cover the rest of my body in tattoos with these people's names and shit. And, um, you know, the, the, the second person that I know passed away when I was 16 or 17 years old, 17, right after I turned 17. And that's, again, something that I, I didn't address. The last time that I spoke to her, we were not on great terms. We were just like, whatever, like, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. And that wasn't that long before she was killed. I was maybe a year maybe a year you know we had teenage bullshit ex-girlfriend type shit and I never even would have known this happened until I met my brother's ex-girlfriend's boyfriend who went to school with her and then when I did find out that happened I didn't address it I didn't talk about it I wrote about it a little bit in music And then I let it go, or I thought I did. And it's just something that I never talked about. So, again, get it out. Talk about it. If you're, if you, if you do seek therapy, if they recommend medications to help you out, you don't have to be on it forever. I'm not going to be on Zola forever. I'm going to be on that until I talk through my shit that I'm going to get off it but I mean I don't sleep maybe four hours a night five hours a night six if I'm lucky and it's been like that for years I'm ready for a new normal so if you're ever in that situation where somebody's trying to tell you hey take this and uh, work through it we're going to talk through it we're going to get you squared away do it just fucking do it And there's no shame in it. There's no problem with going in and saying, I need assistance. There's no problem with that. The problems happen when you say you don't. And even if you don't want to go to a therapist and have it put on the record, talk to a friend. We all know somebody who has been through this shit. We all know somebody who has been a victim of crime. We, we all, we've lost somebody in our lives one way or another. You might have lost somebody to drugs. Not, not even necessarily death, but just maybe someone close to you just lost. We've all been there. We've all been through something. And it's all relative. So when somebody says, oh yeah, you know... You've been through a lot, but I've been through this. Like, it's all relative. Don't do the the dick measuring contest. We've all been through shit. And everybody is affected differently. So if you don't want to go to therapy, find somebody. Find a friend to talk to. You know, I still, I still hear his voice in my head when I'm thinking about him. I can hear him laughing. I can hear him screaming. He used to do this shit where he would take off running down the street 
and jump into a fucking bush and just scream his ass off. And it was the funniest shit ever. And um, I still hear that in my dreams. I hear it when I'm awake, when I'm thinking about him. I hear his voice. I hear his accent. <laughs> that, that Texas accent. Purrs. Thur, her. He had that country shit, that Nelly shit going on. <laughs> um, but now that I'm talking about it, I'm starting to appreciate everything and mourn less. You never get over it. You never you never stop mourning. You never stop wishing that you had another minute or another 30 seconds, maybe one second. You never stop wishing that. But you can reach that point where you rejoice instead of mourn. And I'm starting to get to that point, and it feels great. So take some time out, address yourself, and ask somebody if you could open up and address that, no matter what it is that you're going through. Losing a friend, losing a family member, like I said, somebody getting lost to drugs or alcohol or maybe they went to prison or relationships are bad or address it deal with it don't fall victim to your own thoughts and your own sorrow and your own misery use that shit as a building block and find strength in it and don't be afraid to be vulnerable and open up just like I'm doing right here right now so lots of love out to the Kemp family Tyrone, Jennifer Fowler, Massimo Vasta, Kat Collins, Jason Franks, Nikki Edwards, everybody who was taken way too soon. And if you're dealing with it, get it off your chest. Get it off your chest. Talk about it. Don't live with it. Get through it. Don't ever forget. Love. Realize that you've lost and grow from that. And of course, as always, thank you for listening. And if you like what you hear, go ahead and follow the show on the platform of your choice. Apple, Amazon, Google, iHeartRadio, whatever. Also, don't forget to rate and write a review, positive or negative. We appreciate all feedback. One love.